Support for Parenting Great Kids is provided by Total Wireless. Moms wear lots of hats these days with phones keeping them connected to everyone. That's why you should try Total Wireless. With nationwide coverage on America's largest and most dependable networks, unlimited talk and text starts at just $35 a month. Family plans with four lines are available, too, starting at $25 a month. Go to TotalWireless.com to learn more. For 30-plus years, I've seen every type of child grow up. Instead of giving me what I wanted, she gave me what I needed, which was truth. Don't let emotions win. Let truth win. Do your very best, and you should have a lot of fun while you do it. And the better you get at something, the more fun you're going to have at something. You moms and dads are wired with everything you need to be a parent to a great kid. Welcome to Parenting Great Kids. This is episode number 24, Parenting a Child with ADHD. Wow, I can't believe it's episode number 24. Where did the time go? I'm your host, Dr. Meg Meeker, and I'm really excited to talk with you today about a problem that I see all the time in my office. And I know it's a problem that hits home for many of you. Maybe you're a parent who struggles with ADHD. Maybe you're parenting a child with ADHD. If you are or if you aren't, you at least know a friend who has a child with ADHD. So this is a very common problem. So that's why I decided to tackle it today. In this episode, I'll share my points to ponder that you can start using right away. And parents, as a reminder, don't just download the episodes. Click subscribe. When you do that, you're joining my parenting revolution. And every new episode will automatically show up in your subscriber list. You won't regret it. We'd love for you to write us a review on iTunes and let me know what you think. And let me know also what you want to hear about. So parents, thanks for listening. This is episode number 24. Stay with us. Parents, we all know that talking with our kids about sex is uncomfortable. And when it comes to having that initial talk with your child about sex when they're about eight years old, I always say in every couple, there's one who's a chicken and one who's an even bigger chicken who just won't have the talk at all. But the truth is, no matter how uncomfortable it is, beginning a conversation about sex early with your child is extremely important because it puts you in the driver's seat. The tricky part is many parents often don't know where to begin or where to end? What if they say the wrong thing? What if they talk too much or too little or use the wrong words? Too often, not knowing how or when they should approach the topic of sex with their child, many parents just don't do it. And then this leaves your child at the hands of the culture or his friends to teach him about sex. I have created a digital toolkit just for you called How to Have the Talk with your child. It walks you through the process of having that initial conversation with your child about sex. The toolkit's packed with a variety of resources and all the information you need to get ready to have that initial conversation, including ages and stages chart to help you determine when to have the talk with your child. There's an ebook on talking to your child about sex, a script to help guide you through the discussion. And for those of you who are really, really chicken, you're the big chicken, it even includes a video of me giving the talk directly to your child. How easy is that? Talking to your child about sex doesn't need to be intimidating or scary. It can be really a great experience and it'll help you establish a strong relationship with your child. I'm excited to offer you 
How to Have the Talk with Your Child Toolkit for 20 to 0% off. Just go to my website, megmeekermd.com, click on Parenting Resources, and use your code TALKPODCAST when you check out. Parents, this topic about sex is far too important to hand over to somebody else to talk to your kids about. You need to do it. Go to my website, check out How to Have the Talk with Your Child Toolkit, 20% off. You need to stay in the driver's seat when it comes to talking to your kids about sex, and I'm here to help. I wanted to start this episode off a little differently. I recently received an email from a mom who's struggling to parent her child with ADHD. And I know this is a struggle for so many of you parents out there. Her question inspired this episode. And she writes, Dear Dr. Meg, I have an 11-year-old boy with ADHD and ODD. That's oppositional defiant disorder. Sometimes I feel helpless in parenting him. My heart will break for his struggles, while at the same time, I'm angry at his behavior. He's not currently on medication. His father and I both hate the idea of drugging him up or doing something that could have long-term health consequences. But at the same time, I know he isn't capable of controlling himself at times. What tips, advice, or resources do you have for parents with kiddos with ADHD and ODD. Thanks for your help, Karen. Well, Karen, I feel for you. I feel like I know your son. I've seen your son. I've talked to your son because I've seen a lot of young boys in my practice who have both ADHD and ODD. Now, for the parents out there who don't know the difference, let me just explain this. ADHD, of course, is attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, and ODD is oppositional defiant disorder. They're a bit different. ADHD is essentially a wiring problem. Many kids with ADHD can either have attention issues, or they can have hyperactivity issues, or they can have both. And I imagine in Karen's son, he has both because very often boys have both, particularly pre-pubertal, high energy boys. So let's talk about your son's ADHD first, Karen. Here's what I recommend you do. Understand that your son with his hyperactivity and acting up at school and acting up at home and driving you crazy. He's not intentionally doing this. He's not running around trying to bug you, trying to bother his teachers or trying to bother his friends. Think of your son this way. He's like a VW bug car with a Porsche engine inside. His body is going at one pace, but internally he has a motor that's running a million miles an hour. And what you're seeing is the outworking of that motor. He's got energy. He's got to go. He's got to move. He's got to bounce. He's got to change ideas. He's got to get in people's way. He's got to poke his friend who's sitting next to him. He's got to come in and interrupt you. He really has this sort of hyperactive motor going on in the inside, and that's telling his body what to do. In addition, his mind is working the same way. He's got a VW bug with his mind inside that's going a million miles an hour, which means his ideas are jumping from one idea to another idea to another idea all the time. And so he's having a hard time concentrating on one thought, one math problem, 
one sentence in a book at a time. So as far as his ADHD, your job as a good mother is to understand he's got this engine going and your job is to calm his outer world. How do you do that? The first thing you do is you order his days. Make sure his days have a rhythm. Breakfast is at the same time. Lunch is at the same time. Dinner's at the same time. Bed is at the same time. In other words, you are putting on top of this inner chaos a sense of calm and order. You are ordering his days. The next thing you want to do, don't take his behavior personally. I know a lot of his behavior feels like he's doing it just to bother you and bother his dad. He isn't. So whenever he does stuff that drives you crazy, remember, he's not doing it to be a bad kid. This is something inside of him that many times he can't control. So pretend during those times he's driving you crazy that he's your neighbor's child. And say, how would I respond to my neighbor's child? Because this child is not trying to get under my skin as his mother. So don't take him personally. Third thing you need to do. Many boys who have this internal energy and this internal mental chaos, if you will, this jumping from thought to thought to thought, they gravitate towards video games and electronics because it feeds into that sense of chaos. Think about it. Your son, when he sits down to play video games, probably can play video games for maybe three or four hours at a time, right? Because he is watching on the screen exactly what his mind is doing. And you think about video games They're loud, they're energetic, and the scenes jump. People move very quickly on the scene. He goes from scene to scene to scene to scene very quickly, and he reacts very quickly. The video game is mimicking what's going on in his mind, and that's why he can sit there and he can play these games for such a long time. However, as tempting as it is to let your son play these games for many hours at a time. I don't even know if your son does play them, but I'm saying most 11-year-old boys with ADHD love to play these games because it feels satisfying because the games function just the way his mind is. You really want to limit electronics and video games for your son because they are not training his brain and his body to do what you really need him to do. Your job as a good mom is to help train his brain to read sentences of black words on a white page that don't jump and talk and dance and scream at him. It's boring. They're quiet. Your job is to help train his brain to slow down to read one sentence, another sentence, another sentence, and another sentence. Your job is to train him to do his math and to look at a page and quiet his thoughts down. So your job really is to quiet that hyperactivity that's going on in his brain all the time. And the way to do that is not through video games, but to help him concentrate on very boring words on boring pages with boring math problems. The way you do that best, because many kids have a hard time sitting down for an hour at a time studying, make him do his homework for 10 minutes at a time at the kitchen table. Let him get up, run around, He sits back down 
for another 10 minutes. He gets up, he runs around, he goes outside, he does something. So give him frequent breaks. But when he's studying for those 10 minutes, really make him sit there and work through that. And then as the months go by, you increase that 10-minute study increment to 15 minutes, to 20 minutes, to half an hour. Because the bottom line is, no matter what, he's going to have to learn how to concentrate and function in the world. Your job is to get him ready to have a really good job when he's 25 and he can't be bouncing off the walls when he's 25. Fourthly, I know you don't like medication. I don't like medication either. And I don't over-medicate kids. Get him to a doctor. Make sure your pediatrician either tests him for ADHD or sends him to an educational tester who will do a battery of tests. One of the things you want to make sure is that ADHD can uh, mimic depression. It can mimic learning disorders. So you want to make sure that if you do medicate him, you're not medicating a learning disorder or depression with ADHD meds. So make sure your diagnosis is right. And then finally, I would sit down and have a heart-to-heart with your pediatrician or a good psychiatrist. Talk about the medication options. Talk about the side effects. Talk about the long-term consequences. We know, studies show that there really aren't any long-term consequences to the ADHD medications that we know of so far. And we've been using these medications for a very long time now. Here's the bottom line. If your son can function better at school, if he can study better and get better grades, if he can get along with friends better, get along with his siblings better, with a whiff of medication, and many kids with ADHD really only need a whiff of medication because their ADHD is so bad that just a little bit helps slow the motor in the mind, slow the motor in his body. If that can help him feel better about himself in life, function better in life, you really owe it to him. Because again, this is a wiring issue, Karen. It's not a personality issue. And many kids, as I said, do so well with medication. I'm not pushing medication. You need to do all these other things too. But you know what? If he needs medication, it really is only right to him to help him out with something that he can't control. Let's jump on to the ODD, the Oppositional Defiant Disorder. Now, this can be a little bit more of a personality issue. What your son is doing is bucking you. He is saying, you're telling me to do one thing. I don't want to do it. I'm in charge here. It's my way or the highway, mom. And you're butting heads all the time. Basically, what you need to do with him is pretend that he is a toddler in a larger kid's body And your job is to get his behavior under control. How do you do that? You're bigger and you have all the control in his life. He's out of control. You are in control. So what you do is you treat him like an overgrown toddler. You set some rules for some very specific behaviors. Pick the worst behavior that he does. Tackle that first. Say he's mouthy with you and he back talks all the time. You sit him down and you say, son, you're 11 years old. You have a bad habit of talking back. You and I and dad are going to break this and this is how we're going to do it. I know it's hard for you, but oh, well, life is hard. You got to do hard stuff. Every time you back talk me, going to take your laptop away for one week. Going to take your cell phone away for one week. You're not going to be able to play soccer for one week. You're going to have to come home and play outside. You're not allowed inside playing video games. Whatever the consequence is, that's all you can do. ODD is not an excuse 
to get into trouble and to behave badly for the rest of his life. Whether he has ODD or not, he's got to learn to function in the world as his mom have to toughen up and you have to really get his bad behaviors under control. And I encourage you to do that one behavior at a time. If you try to tackle all of his bad behaviors at a time, you're going to get exhausted, you're going to let up on your consequences, you're not going to follow through, and you're going to feel like a failure. Tackle one bad behavior at a time, it may take him months to get that one bad behavior under control, but I know that you can do this. Hard stuff, you can do it. You're a strong parent. And let me tell you, friends, the world is tough and there's a lot out there that's working against us and our kids. This is no day to be a wimpy parent. That's why we all need to be very strong parents. And I'm having this podcast to encourage you to do what you need to do to bring out the great kid in your kid. And Karen, I know underneath ADHD and the ODD, you got a great young man in there. Your job over the next seven years is to pull it out. And it may take seven years to get there. So hang in there. I hope that this has been helpful. We need to take a quick break, but don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Parents, there's always an excuse for not eating healthy. You don't have a personal nutritionist or you don't have access to the right ingredients. Or you're too tired to plan and shop and cook. Well, your body doesn't understand excuses. That's why Sunbasket got rid of them. Sunbasket makes it easy to cook delicious, seasonal, nutritious meals in your own kitchen. You'll get organic, non-GMO ingredients from the best farms and fishermen sent directly to your door. You can choose from paleo, gluten-free, vegetarian, breakfast, and family options created by an award-winning chef and approved by nutritionists. Each Sun Basket meal comes with pre-measured fresh ingredients and easy-to-follow directions. From start to finish, you'll have dinner on the table in 30 minutes. And it's delicious. Eating right starts now with Sun Basket. Go to sunbasket.com slash Meg today and get your first three meals free. That's sunbasket.com slash M-E-G to get three healthy, easy-to-prepare meals free. As parents, we often worry about how to pass on our faith and values to our children. How can we help them understand what faith is? Well, I've discovered a terrific new book series called The Adventures of the Sea Kids, and these books can really help you teach your kids faith and values. The Adventures of the Sea Kids is an award-winning children's book series with vivid Disney-esque illustrations that show young readers what a relationship with Jesus looks like in a tangible, relatable way. Each of the stories in the six-book series gives children fun and entertaining examples of how to pursue a genuine faith in their day-to-day lives. I'm especially excited to share with you the newest book in the Adventures of the Sea Kids series, releasing just in time for Easter, called God's Easter Miracles. It's available for pre-order now at glmpublishing.net. Listeners of Parenting Great Kids can get 25% off when you check out using code MEEKERMD. That's glmpublishing.net. And remember to use code MEEKERMD for 25% off. Karen, you, like many other parents out there, are in the trenches every single day. And I know, friends, that if you're living with a child with ADHD, you're feeling exhausted. You may feel like you're not making headway, that you can't win. Let me tell you. 
take a big, deep breath, you can win. I've lived with ADHD. I've been with parents for 30 years with kids with ADHD. And the wonderful thing now that we know that we didn't know 30 years ago is we understand so much more about ADHD. When I came out of medical school in 1984, the only people who used ADHD meds, which was Dexedrine at that time and a little bit of Ritalin, were psychiatrists. You know, we just thought we had a bunch of bad kids running around and adults out there who couldn't concentrate, who were kind of loopy and flighty and, you know, people like me who are just leaving their purses in different cities, and which I've done, um, and, I, and I really believe I have ADHD, and my husband threatens periodically to uh, write me a prescription for medication. I said, look, I'm too old. I've gotten along so far very well without it, and you've lived with me, and I've lived with you, and we're doing okay. But all joking aside, the truth of the matter is, for some kids, it's so bad they have a hard time functioning. And if you have a child out there, friends, who has ADHD, and he's having a hard time functioning. You owe it to your child to get him or her really good help. And I will tell you before we dive into this, typically, in my experience, girls tend to have the attention issues. Boys tend to have the hyperactivity issues and or attention and hyperactivity issues. So I usually don't see girls with the hyperactivity problems. I tend to see girls with the attention issues and it typically boys who have both the AD and the HD. So let's take a look at the attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. First of all, if you have a child that you think has ADHD, number one, point to ponder, make sure the ADHD diagnosis is correct. I get so frustrated with kids who come into my practice from another doctor who said, My 12-year-old son or my 12-year-old daughter has ADHD. They've been put on medication a couple of years ago. They're still having a hard time in school. I don't know what's going on. Help. And as I sit down and I dig with that child and with that parent into the history, when did you first start to notice your child was having issues at school? When did you first start to notice that he was getting trouble at recess or she was getting trouble on the playground? And they say, well, you know, usually around seven or eight, I, I noticed they were having some problems. They couldn't concentrate at school. I took them to their pediatrician. Pediatrician asked some questions. Family doctor asked some questions, gave them some medication, but we're still not making headway. The reason having the diagnosis correct is this. Many times a child with dyslexia or a processing disorder, a child who is an auditory learner, who is a visual learner, has a real difficulty grasping certain concepts at school. And when you can't grasp a concept at school, what are you going to do? You're not going to pay attention. If you have dyslexia, but nobody knows you have dyslexia, and they expect you to read like everybody else in the classroom and you're falling behind, A, you feel stupid, and B, you can't concentrate. So you're going to want to get up and go to the bathroom a lot during class. You're going to fall behind in your homework. You're going to struggle. You're not going to want to read. You're going to divert your attention to other places because you can't read. So very often, friends, learning issues can mask as attention problems. So it's really important before you go down the path of treating your child for ADHD, you know 100% for sure you're not dealing with a learning issue with your child because those are treated very differently. 
You also want to make sure the diagnosis is correct because many children with depression and anxiety have attention issues. Think about this. If you're living at home and you're struggling as a second grader or a third grader or a fifth grader with depression, you're going to go to school. You're going to be very preoccupied with a mood disorder. You're going to feel very down. You're not going to be able to concentrate. You're not going to want to pay attention to what the teacher's saying. You're going to daydream. You're going to worry about what's going on with mom during the day. You're going to worry about your parents getting a divorce. You're going to worry about going home and finding daddy drunk again. You're going to worry about the fact that you go home and mom and dad aren't there or they're fighting or something else is going on. You're going to be sad about grandpa having died just two weeks ago. You're going to be depressed and you're not going to be able to concentrate. Again, depression can mask itself as ADHD. So it's very important if you have a child that, I don't care how old your child is, if you think your child has ADHD, the first thing you need to do, call your pediatrician and say, I want to come in and talk to you with my child or alone about issues I'm having with my child. Don't go in for a well child check because in a pediatrician's mind, when we see kids for a well child check, we're going to go through a battery of questions and examination that aren't going to focus on a specific issue. Fundamentally, we want to make sure that your child is healthy. But when you call the office and say, I want to come in and make an appointment for an ADHD or some other issue check, that doctor is going to set aside a half hour, hopefully, or more of time to talk about a specific problem with you. They're going to have to put the time into delving into asking questions that are going to sort of tease apart. Is this an attention issue? Is this a hyperactivity issue? Is this a learning disorder? Is this a depression issue? That's what I want to do. I want to dig with you and find out what's going on. At the end of that time, a good pediatrician or a good family doctor is going to say, okay, I suspect we're dealing with ADHD or I suspect we're dealing with depression. Now, we need to do some more testing to figure out exactly what it is. I recommend kids go to an education specialist in your community. We have a dyslexia center where I live. We have some PhD psychologists who specialize in running kids through a battery of tests to tease apart dyslexia from ADHD from depression. And I send patients to that person. And then I have the kids go through that. I bring them back into the office maybe a month later. We sit down. We review the results of those tests. And then I talk with a parent. Here's a treatment for depression. Here's a treatment for learning issues. Here's a treatment for ADHD. If it is ADHD, I go through changes that parents need to make in the home environment, in the school environment, to help that child deal with ADHD, and then we talk about medication. And friends, there are some kids with ADHD who need medication. And, um, it, you know, your back is kind of against a wall. I also feel it's very important to get the diagnosis correct for another reason. Many times kids, particularly boys, are young when the diagnosis is made. They're in first, second, or third grade. If you label a child with ADHD... In the first grade, that label sticks. If you label a child with a learning issue in first or second grade, that diagnosis sticks. It's very important that someone, like their doctor, look at them in the eye and say, listen to me. 
I know that your body is wired this way. This does not mean you're a stupid person. And I use the word stupid for this reason. A lot of kids with an issue like uh, ADHD or a learning issue like dyslexia feel stupid. They tell themselves they're stupid. It's very important for a person that isn't a parent to say, you aren't stupid. This is a wiring issue. That's an electricity issue. And my job as your doctor is help quiet that electricity down that's over firing all the time to help you learn. And that's why it's really important to get that diagnosis early so that your child doesn't go through life feeling like they're stupid. That's point to ponder number one. Point number two, make changes in your child's schedule and home life that give him a rhythm to his day. He needs a rhythm. Again, imagine you are that VW bug and you've got a Porsche engine and it's revved up and it's running and it's you've got all of this energy but you've got mental energy too that is telling your mind to jump from thought to thought to thought to thought to thought and it's sometimes thinking two or three or four thoughts at a time so much so that you can't remember what you thought about Five minutes ago. And that's why kids with ADHD, really bad ADHD, can't remember anything. Because their minds are jumping from thought to thought. They will make lists for themselves and they'll lose the list. They will lose their homework because they don't remember where they put their homework. Because their mind is constantly racing. Your job is to slow the mind down down. And the way you as a mom or dad help slow the mind down is impose an order to their day. This is going to be very painful and it's counterintuitive. Rather than allow your child to have a jam-packed schedule during the day where they have three extracurricular activities a day and they have homework on top of that, you need to Pull out some of those extracurricular activities and give your child downtime during the day where they can wind down. You need to give them some boredom because it's boredom during the day that allows them to slow down. They hate it. They fight it. You will fight it. You won't want it because then you have a child who has an extra hour during the day where they're climbing the walls and all they want to do is turn on a video game and play. You want that child to go away and to do something, but you need to do that so that that child can help wind down that motor during the day. Give him some time when he can play outside. Make sure he has time to just go outside and skateboard or climb a tree or just run around or play with his Legos or whatever he needs to do. But when you allow his days to be jam-packed with activities, basically you're feeding the monster. You're feeding that hyperactive motor that says, let me go, let me go, let me go, let me play, let me do, let me do. You need to say, no, you don't. You need to quiet down. You need to quiet down. Give his day an order, regular mealtimes. Regular bedtime, whether it's weekend, whether it's during the week, you need to not overload his schedule. You need to uh, factor in some downtime during the day where he has some time just to play and uh, where he can just kind of quiet down. Third thing you need to do, minimize overstimulation. 
Now, one of the biggest problems that parents have today is that their kids are overstimulated. They have auditory and visual messages coming at them 24-7 because they have an iPhone in their hands. They have stuff coming at them all the time. When you have a brain that's on overdrive and a body that's on overdrive, that stimulation makes your hyperactivity worse. Because again, it's feeding the monster. When you feel stimulated all the time, and you have pictures and sounds and noises coming at you all the time, it's basically saying, go, 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 go. It's revving the engine. And so what you as a parent need to do is control and dial down the overstimulation. How do you do that? In the evenings, you need to wean down television. You need to wean down movies. You need to wean down loud music. If your kids like to listen to things, rather than allow them to listen to loud music or watch violent movies or stimulating movies or Jason Bourne kind of movies, make your kids listen to books on tape because at least you're taking out the visual part of the stimulation. So if your child wants all that stimulation, get them a book on tape that they listen to for 20 minutes before they go to bed at night. Let them listen to, um, there's some wonderful stories if you listen to, uh, if you're a Christian or you're you're okay having them listen to that kind of stuff, there's a beautiful stories called Adventures in Odyssey. They're half hour long books or, or tapes, uh, stories that you can find on iTunes. And kids listen to these very calming stories. What kids who have ADHD need is Fred Rogers. They need Fred Rogers. Remember from Mister Rogers. They need. Quiet stories, simple stories, where they hear a man's voice talking to them in a very quiet tone. Now, I know that your 13-year-old's not going to want to listen to Mr. Rogers, but the same principle applies. You need to work into your son's schedule quiet stories, quiet music. You need to work in there quiet time so that you can help your son who doesn't know how to do this. You can help his mind quiet down and his body quiet down. And remember, it's going to be a fight because his person is going to want to, he's going to want to say, no, 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 mom, I need the Jason Bourne stuff because that's what feels natural and normal to me. Of course it does, because that's what inside his body feels like. It feels like Jason Bourne all the time. But your job is to say, no, honey, we need to dial down. We're going to go to quieter activities, even if he's 18. Even if he's 25, meditation to quiet the brain that feels out of control. So as a parent, do your best, minimize overstimulation. Fourth, and I know I always put three points to ponder, but you're really struggling out there. So we got to tackle this fourth exercise. The body's got to move. One of the worst things that can happen to a boy who has ADHD when he acts up in class is for his teacher to say, okay, you act up, you hit Johnny sitting next to you, you have to stay in for recess. Please, if you have a second grader or a third grader or a fifth grader, he's 
got to get outside. He needs a couple big trees in his backyard. If you live in the city, he's got to have a park to go to. He's got to move that body because that's that Porsche engine saying, go, go, go. And the worst thing you can do is coop him up inside of four walls and say, sit down and color in the lines. That's cruel. If you have a child with ADHD, they've got to exhaust themselves during the day. And I'll tell you, friends, I'm going to give a little plug for boys' schools here. And, you know, my kids didn't go to single-sex schools, um, but I have become an advocate for single-sex schools because I've studied boys so much. And boys' schools are geared towards boys, and boys learn and move differently than girls. And boys don't fit in the box, particularly boys with ADHD. They don't color in the lines, even by the time they're in fifth grade. Girls do when they're in first and second grade. You know, many girls just are easier for teachers of elementary school. Um, and boys aren't. They're hard because they bounce. And a lot of teachers with 30 kids in their class and no aid, you know, don't have the energy to deal with it. It's not because they're bad teachers. They just don't have, you know, the capacity to deal with it because their days only have so many hours. So, you know, if you have the ability to send your boys to an all-boys school, please do it, particularly if you have a boy with ADHD. Teachers are going to have the, the the capacity and the resources to deal with boys who are bouncing out the walls. But if you don't, and your son is in a big public school with a teacher without an aide, make sure your son gets exercise. Exhaust him. Put him in a rigorous soccer program or a hockey program or, you know, a running program or make sure that he works the kinks out. His body needs to exercise and to be exhausted. That's the most natural way that he knows of to wind down that Porsche engine. He's got to race a little bit during the day. So those are my points to ponder. I know I've thrown a lot at you, but the truth of the matter is there's a lot of help that you need if you have a child with ADHD. Remember, your child didn't ask to have ADHD. It's a wiring issue. You know, a lot of people say, well, where have these boys been all the time? Where have these girls been all the time? We didn't have them 30 years ago. Yes, we did. We just didn't know who they were. We didn't have a diagnosis. We didn't have treatment. We didn't have help for them. You know, it's not their fault. Kids are this way. We had a a lot of sort of absentee people. We had a lot of absent-minded professor types. We had a lot of people who lost their stuff, but we didn't have a label for them, and now we do. It's attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Remember, I want to hear from you parents. I like to interact with you. I want to hear what you think. I want to know what your struggles are. I want to know what goes on at dinner time at your house. I want to know what you struggle with during the days. And the only way I can know that is if you write to me. So it's really important for me. Send your questions to me at askmeg at megmeekermd.com that's askmeg at megmeekermd.com many years ago I learned that one of the best things I can do for my patients who are kids is to help their parents because I understand that you're the one who has the power in your kids lives not me my job the best thing that I can do for the kids out there is to help you 
be the kind of parent that you want to be. And I believe that you can be a great parent. I believe that you're probably already are a great parent. You just need a little tweaking and you just need a little of encouragement here and there. Parenting is tough business. It's demanding mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. I know that many of you who are listening today are struggling with some kind of issue with your child and I want to encourage you. You have everything you need to parent your child really well. You are stronger than you think. You are wired for this great job of parenting. There's no accident that your son or your daughter has brought into your life. You are the mom or the dad for your child. And I know that you can do a really great job. And the truth of the matter is you're probably doing a much better job than you think you are. I want to recap my points to ponder. We've been talking about ADHD and I know I've thrown a lot at you. First, if you think you have a child with ADHD, go to your pediatrician. Make sure the diagnosis is correct. That it really is ADHD and not something masking itself as ADHD. Two, make changes in your child's schedule and home life so that you give a rhythm to your child's day. Remember, internally your child is racing. Externally, you want to quiet his day and his schedule as much as possible. Third, minimize overstimulation that is coming at your child. And fourth, make sure, no matter the age of your child, that he or she is getting enough exercise because he or she needs to work the kinks out. So until next time, parents, remember, great kids are raised, not born. Hey, this is Bobby, producer of Meg Meeker's Parenting Great Kids podcast. We hope you've enjoyed listening to Episode 24, Parenting a Child with ADHD. And thanks to you, Dr. Meg's Parenting Revolution has grown to over a half a million downloads. You can like Dr. Meeker on Facebook and follow her on Twitter and Instagram at MegMeekerMD. Just as a reminder, go to MegMeekerMD.com and sign up for her newsletter for giveaway opportunities and updates. And don't forget to share the podcast, write us a review, and click subscribe so you won't miss an episode. 